Iggy Pop and Salt and Pepper remix uh, mashup. That would have been mind blowing. But, you know, I still have my Friday night show, so stay tuned to that. Uh, anywho, keep it, uh, keep it right here because Grey Matters is going to be coming up in a little bit. And, uh, get your Grey Matter in motion. Stay here. Welcome to Grey Matters. 
the News and Weekly Media Talk Show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Thanks to uh, James for that uh, stirring music. Yeah, and we're out of uh, the FM studio today, so always a little more difficult down here, but uh, the show must go on, as the saying goes. Of course, it's the end of summer, and uh, everybody's uh, busy at the moment. Very busy. A lot of last last minute stuff that uh, summer uh, trickles away all too quickly. And of course, in a city that's based around an academic calendar, there's things that have to be taken care of before that cycle begins. And of course, as most listeners are no doubt aware, move in will begin this week. So plan your downtown driving habits accordingly. Yeah. And also be aware of the fact that it seems that uh, in the old days, it used to be sort of the the U of M area where people didn't look both ways before right. crossing the street. Now it seems to be virtually everywhere in the greater downtown area of Ann Arbor. So be aware of that, too. It's amazing how people walk right in front of cars, even on Main Street uh, these days. Uh, in any event, uh, sort of a busy week for me. Procrastinators always pay the price at the end. <laughs> Uh, interesting uh, primary developments uh, throughout the country. And I would say at this point we have uh, five legitimate uh, teabag candidates running for the Senate. Uh, So this is going to make for a very interesting midterm election because this is a 00 election, a 10, 20, 30, 40. This is a census election. Yeah, that's right. And this uh, is relevant, particularly relevant, because of the uh, gerrymandering uh, that will follow <laughs> sometime uh, in, in the next session of the uh, state legislatures around the country. Uh, only Iowa, I believe, has what's known as judges deciding. They They actually have a sort of nonpartisan method of drawing the congressional districts. That's interesting because that's, of course, where the caucuses always begin for presidential elections. But, uh, well, certainly Ann Arbor's predicament being lumped into a section that includes Jackson uh, reflects uh, the desire of the controlling party at the time that it was drawn up to sort of diminish Ann Arbor's uh, voting power. Yeah. And, of course, that was... uh, Remedied in uh, in 2000 when right. David Bonier decided to run for governor. And they gerrymandered his district uh, basically into a Republican district. He actually had been winning in a marginally Republican district in Macomb County, and then they combined John Dingell with Lynn Rivers. Right. Hence, we lost uh, one of our local liberal representatives, but John Dingell is still our congressman. In any event... Uh, Obviously, the Florida race was sort of interesting because you had two billionaires, uh, one from each party, running for a statewide office. They have both a gubernatorial race and a uh, Senate race this year. And, of course, Charlie Crist has uh, declared that he's running as an independent. So you have a teabagger in uh, Marco Rubio running in Florida. Then we also saw a big upset. Uh, The votes are being recounted in Alaska, but apparently a a rather wealthy uh, businessman type has uh, defeated a sitting U.S. senator 
which is very unusual. And, of course, uh, the Murkowski family uh, go way back. Uh, part of this was nepotism. Uh, he, uh, Lisa Murkowski, by the way, was named senator by her father uh, hmm. when he resigned. Uh, oh, dear old dad. Yeah, resigned from the Senate, essentially, to run for governor. Then named his replacement, my daughter. And, of course, Sarah Pollan. I think I'm going to start calling her Pollan. Rhymes with Stalin. <laughs> Been reading a lot about Joe Stalin lately. I did all the history books this summer. Sarah Palin, anyway, defeated Murkowski in a primary. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alaska is a very tumultuous state that I don't think really reflects uh, what's going on uh, nationwide. Unpredictable things can happen there. The two states that I would say keep a real eye on, besides the Florida Senate race, which I think will be very interesting, are, uh, well, three states, Colorado, Kentucky, and Nevada. Uh, This is where the Republican Party uh, has three uh, confirmed teabag nominees in uh, three sort of purplish states. Uh, People forget that Bill Clinton carried Kentucky twice. Yeah, yeah. And Colorado and Nevada have been moving blue uh, in recent years. And this, of course, is where the Democrats have made big gains over the last uh, two election cycles uh, in that sort of four-corner southwest region of the country. John McCain survived, uh, so he probably will win re-election, although who knows. And, of course, let's give out a brain damage award to Glenn Beck. What would the world be without Glenn Beck? Well, the weepy. (laughs) I don't know what to even call him because he's just so strange. He's sort of a, almost a feminized version of Rush Limbaugh. Well, you sense that there's some sort of uh, other shoe eventually to drop on Glenn Beck. He is so hysterical, and uh, and I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, he's hysterical comedy sense, although one could certainly make that argument. Um, he just his, he just overwhelms himself with himself. He's melodramatic. He's very melodramatic. and About uh, himself. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those uh, broadcasters with uh, an agenda, and really at heart, the agenda of Glenn Beck is Glenn Beck. Yes. Um, It's publication, it's ratings, it's uh, attention, it's look at me, everybody. Um, There are a number of interesting things about uh, this rally, which they... uh, called and assembled and most amusing is his original claim that he had no idea that that date was a significant one with regards to that particular piece of real estate in american political history that oh oh that's right there was a historic rally on that uh, very place on that date which isn't surprising because he doesn't know anything about history exactly uh so the fact that he didn't know that but then was able to sort of uh turn that on itself and say, well, you know where we're going to continue that mission. And um, rather interesting uh, things he said about it. He spoke before a group of uh, teabagger, uh, and a teabagger umbrella group is what uh, Kate Zernicke calls it in her article at the Lincoln Memorial, a call for religious rebirth in the Sunday Times. She says that he made a surprise visit, Glenn Beck, that is, at a convention held by Freedom Works a Tea Party umbrella group. Uh, there were 1,600 so gathered at Constitution Hall, where Glenn Beck told the crowd that he had begun planning on his march 
on Washington a year ago, thinking, quote, it was supposed to be political. And then I kind of feel like God dropped a giant sandbag on my head. Oh. Close quote. Well, we'll give him a brain damage award, uh, a literal one as well as a figurative one. Uh, yeah, the uh, pretty explicitly religious nature of the proceedings is described in in detail here in uh, Zernike and Hulse's article. Uh, but uh, regardless of how big the crowd was or how white the crowd may have been, it's the rhetoric of those who spoke at it uh, that really deserves the most scrutiny. Much of it was, was simple sermonizing, and uh, this is slightly unusual because the Tea Party has kind of tried to stay away from explicitly uh, religious things, focusing more on fiscal matters, typically. But uh, Glenn Beck's language, uh, again, sort of vaguely referring to the civil rights movement, uh, you know, remember that, the civil rights movement, uh, Beck said uh, when he was on the soapbox, quote, this country has spent far too long worrying about scars and thinking about scars and concentrating on scars. Today we're going to concentrate on the good things in America, the things that we have accomplished and the things that we can do tomorrow, like bring about a religious revival and reinvent the concept of the founding fathers as uh, priestly figures who soldiered forth with Christian zeal. And uh, other bizarre fantasies, Palin deserves, or Pollen, if you <laughs> prefer, deserves a, a bit of a brain damage award here for thoughtless language, where she speaks uh, to the crowd saying this, Say what you want to say about me, but I raised a combat vet, and you can't take that away from me. Her son, Track, of course, served in Iraq. But, track uh, rhymes with Iraq. Track rhymes with Iraq, but... Uh, her son came home, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, we don't know whether or not he received any special favor or treatment. I won't be so grotesque as to suggest that that's the case. Well, he was uh, probably but, uh, in the National Guard, but and probably. who knows how much active duty he's seen? And uh, you know, I don't want to go down that slope, but certainly there are a number of people who did have that very thing taken away from them. I mean, what a thoughtless phrase! Yeah. You know, oh, my son's a combat vet. They can never take that away from me. But oh lady uh five people down from you is a woman who did have that taken away from her and, yeah uh, you and can be a proud mother of a deceased vet but that's something that uh, can never be made right and i think that what's scary is this sort of implicit message that they're you know they keep talking about taking the country back and it's sort of like wait a minute from whom you've been in charge of the country yeah um, it's just fascinating uh, this week, restore I, America. Yeah, restore America. Well, to what? America, America is is America. I mean, it's, there's nothing to res. There, there's no decay in America. I've been here for 47 years. It's, it's the same country. Got its good sides. It's got its bad sides. Uh, it's uh, definitely the greatest concept of, of government ever developed. It's a work in progress. And it's a work in progress. Uh, in, in some ways, we are the oldest functioning democracy. And in other ways, we're still developing. We're still, uh, we've, we've definitely come out of the womb uh, <laughs> since uh, Palin is so concerned about womb issues uh, rather than woman issues. And she's, uh, of course, hijacked the feminist uh, 
agenda to some extent, uh, declaring herself at, uh, on, on many occasions of, of being a feminist. But I, th- I find it strange that one of the uh, repeated things that the uh, tea bag uh, or the Tea Party people, and they're in the news today, by the way, here in Michigan. Right. There's a sort of a, a pending lawsuit. Uh, there was a ruling today that said that the Tea Bag uh, Party, due to uh, improper forms, is not going to be allowed on the ballot. But but it's a bit of a scandal because yeah. Republicans are claiming that this is a false Tea Party and this is some sort of a Democratic front group, a <gasps> dirty trick. Oh, my goodness. Decades and decades of Republican dirty tricks. Uh, has anyone ever pulled a dirty trick on the Republicans? Yeah, yeah. Democrats uh, for Nixon. Uh, Democrats for... Goldwater. Uh, Ronald Reagan knows all about those uh, movements. Um, well, the, so who the, knows? The I mean, strange I, thing about this is is that this, this term, the Tea Party, there is, there were petitions signed by, originally it was claimed by the uh, State Board of Canvassers who voted along party lines. This is from August 24th. Uh, Democrats on the panel saying that there were enough valid signatures. Republicans saying no, there were problems of a technical nature with the petitions. Uh, the interesting thing is, though, that there's the Tea Party and the Tea Party. Yeah, which one which is, is the... which? <laughs> Inqu- Does anyone really know? Inquiring minds want to know, and uh, one wonders, uh, you know, if, if if it's true. But, of course, uh, polling data uh, from... Oh, I just recommend uh, this old uh, sort of original argue, uh, article that appeared in the New York Times from April April 15th. Now, obviously, the reason that that date is significant was they had significant rallies on that day, um, taxed enough already. Right. That's really probably their primary uh, that's their, tax to grind. That's their, uh, their phrase that they think they can get away with. But the question is, where have they been? Uh, for uh, these many decades. Uh, You know, I was just recently uh, reading a book by Daniel Patrick Moynihan entitled Secrecy, which is actually a book about the uh, uh, so-called Venona documents related to the National Security Archive and the National Security Agency that uh, took over for a very bizarre intelligence group that was operating during World War I called the Army Signal Corps or something mm-hmm. like that, um, Army Signal Services, who uh, were, were basically a branch of uh, Army intelligence. Military intelligence, right. And, of course, the Venona things are uh, connected to the uh, uh, new historical, some of the new old historical information about the Alger Hiss case. Moynihan has a number of very interesting uh, chapters in this book. Uh, he, of course, was a senator from New York, a longtime senator who at one time actually resigned from the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, due to the fact that William Casey committed perjury regarding the mining of uh, Nicaragua's harbors uh, back during the Reagan years. An act deemed illegal by the international court. Yeah, and he resigned in protest, demanding an apology, and demanding that Casey not lie again, which, of course, he uh, proceeded to lie again uh, eventually. But uh, in the beginning of the book, uh, Moynihan goes into the uh, exaggerated intelligence that was used by our government and agencies within the government regarding the Soviet threat. Um, For instance, he writes, 
Uh, let it be mentioned that the president's top secret national intelligence estimate was claiming that the Soviet economy was more than 59 percent the size of America's at the time when the true figure was closer to 33. This is an error of almost 100 percent or 50 percent, depending on how you look at it. Anyway, in, the, uh, in, in any case, as they say at the rifle range, something that the teabag people are very uh, concerned about, not even on paper, proceeding from these secret assessments of Soviet strength rather than from the openly available facts about the sorry state of the Soviet Union, the Carter and Reagan administrations went on history's greatest peacetime weapons spending spree. And in six years, 1982 through 1988, while Reagan was president, the United States transformed itself from the world's greatest creditor nation into the leading debtor. We're not uh, disintegrating, Moynihan wrote in 1990. We clearly blew an extraordinary economic lead. The intelligence uh, that, that he goes into eventually, the thing that's most remarkable about it, uh, besides some of the uh, interesting details related to uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Alger Hiss, and all that stuff, was the fact that Omar Bradley, um, who, by the way, is portrayed in the Patton movie by Carl Malden. Maybe you'll recall he uh, has to reprimand Patton at one point for uh, soldier slapping. And I don't think he used a fish, but uh, that's a sort of vicarious reference to Michael Palin. But in any event, Omar Bradley decided that he would not tell the president of the United States at the time, Harry Truman, about the uh, Venona operations, these uh, Army Signal Corps people that were uh, deciphering decrypted uh, embassy uh, communications that were going back and forth between New York, Washington, and Moscow, uh, who at the time were, of course, our ally in World War II. Right. So it's ironic that the... Uh, the people that scream the loudest about um, all these communists that were working in Washington for the Soviet Union, some of whom knew they were and some of whom did not, at the same time are spying on the Soviets. So it's like Mad Magazine and Spy versus Spy. But right. the point being uh, related to the Reagan uh, years and, of course, the massive deficits that were created uh, while George Bush was president is that the teabag, uh, tea, and I like just to call them the teabag party, because that's really what they are. Um, well, they're trying, to obviously, uh, to use some sort of bogus revolutionary war uh, imagery and iconography uh, to mask what is rather a different uh, response. Yeah, well, what they essentially are is, 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 is they hate Obama and they hate Pelosi. Uh, 7% of them in the New York Times April 15th poll, CBS uh, New York Times poll, 7% have a favorable opinion of Barack Obama. Uh, 1% have a favorable opinion of Congress. Um, then, interestingly, it says how many uh, percentage of those uh, Tea Party members who approve of their own representative in the House of Representatives, it shoots up to 40%. Um, 6% say that the economy is good. Uh, and, of course, it turns out that they are significantly whiter, significantly maler, uh, 
and uh, significantly older. Uh, we are getting some very strange signal. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Mack will be uh, with us a little bit after the hour, uh, so we'll get to Yazoo City calling a little after uh, 7. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, very interesting that this is a... Uh, Oh, a, a wealthier, older, whiter, more male uh, movement, and forty uh, percent of the Tea Party people call themselves very conservative, and astonishingly, thirty-seven percent of them have either a college uh, or postgraduate degree, compared to only twenty-five percent of the regular public. That uh, seems a little low to me, but so we'll have to see whether this. Uh Tea Party extravaganza on the mall in Washington is going to be something that the sort of disinterested in religious fiscal Tea Partiers wish to embrace mm-hmm. or to flee from. Yeah, and their agenda. This, these are the, the the strands that the Republican Party is sort of uh, unraveling into. Yeah, and it's interesting that their agenda, the the ten planks that they've decided to put into their uh, so-called platform, and an homage to Newt Gingrich, who's probably a card-carrying member of the, the the Tea Bag Party, but he would probably deny it under oath, or maybe played maybe <laughs> played the fifth. Uh, perhaps uh, Huac can uh, revive itself and conduct, just for Newt. Yeah, just conduct some new investigations into the subject. But number one on their agenda is to protect the Constitution. Number two is to reject cap-and-trade regulation of climate-warming gases. Number three, demand a balanced budget. Four, enact fundamental tax reform, which I'm all in favor of. Five, restore fiscal responsibility and a constitutionally limited government in Washington, Six, end runaway government spending. Mm-hmm. Seven, defend, repeal, and replace government-run health care. Eight, pass an all-of-the-above energy policy, referring in part to the uh, exploration of more uh, domestic energy reserves. In other words, drill, baby, drill. Yeah. Nine, stop the pork. And ten, stop the tax hikes. You know, but the pork in their districts, of course, they're going to hoot and holler about. Yeah. So stop the pork is one of those things that spins well. But, of course, everybody has a different definition of what's pork. Oh, well, we need this bridge that goes to nowhere in Alaska, and uh, it's jobs. Um, so it's uh, superficially— Oh, and where's 11, by the way? Continue uh, America's military police action on— Every major continent. Yeah, which, of course, is where much of the quote-unquote pork is being spent. Um, we get uh, a fascinating story from uh, Jane Meyer that apparently is in this week's New Yorker. I haven't uh, read this article yet, but it's about the Koch brothers, billionaires. Um, I'm not too sure why they're not running for office, but they apparently are funding uh, the Tea Party movement clandestinely hmm dirty tricks one wonders uh they of course are in favor of deregulation and uh don't want polluters to pay in other words that cuts into profits after cuts all. into profits yeah. it's basically uh so th- these tea party people are tools and puppets of the 
Koch brothers, and they don't know it. And that's, you know, just like the John Birch Society thought they were running on a pure America agenda, and it was largely driven by National Association of Manufacturers money, Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. uh, businessmen who wanted the, the Reagan, to use the Reagan language, get government off our backs. And, of course, Reagan couched it in those familiar, friendly, personal terms, which suggested that intrusive government in your own personal affairs is, you know, that's what he's talking about. But he meant, you know, turn the other way, laissez-faire capitalism, uh, unchecked polluting, and uh, wasteful government spending as long as it's the right, you know, guy. Yeah, and of course we've seen the problems with deregulation in the airline industry, in the oil drilling industry. Even in the banking. The banking industry. industry. (laughs) Not once, but twice there was a savings and loan scandal uh, during the Reagan years, that yeah. required uh, somewhere between two hundred and three hundred billion dollars of government bailout money. Where were the teabaggers then? They were waving flags and calling Mike Dukakis a liberal. Uh, well, we know that the fiscal conservatism of the so-called uh, Republican Party, because they are overwhelmingly Republican, and that's what's interesting mm. about this uh, recent debate and. Michigan regarding this Tea Party uh, group. Uh, I don't know the particular facts, but uh, who knows? Maybe uh, they actually are a renegade Tea tea Party movement who actually believe in the Tea Party agenda that we've just enumerated, and it's actually the Republicans that don't want them on the ballot so that they're crying foul and claiming that the Democrats are behind it. Who knows? Yeah, and uh, in the confusion. But it seems to me it's sort of... Will the candidate step forward? Yeah, well, and it reminds one of the of the life of Brian, you know. With the, <laughs> follow the gourd. With the, follow the gourd. And no, the shoe is the true way. The shoe is the true way, and of course all the fa- factions that are that are for the liberation of the... Oh, the Judean people's front. Yeah, yeah, people's yeah. People's front the, for the liberation of Judea. Yeah, the six or seven of them, and you have no idea... And, uh, oh, this what? is our night to attack the palace. That's right. What a great movie. Uh, if only the teabaggers would rent a copy. Well, their lack of a sense of humor is uh, at the heart of uh, many of their misunderstandings, doubtless. And since Michael Palin is in the movie, <laughs> uh, you know, he's kind of connected to S- uh, Sister Palin. Right. Sister well, Sarah Palin. I'm sure C-SPAN is... Uh, Got lots and lots of the footage of the speakers and so forth, and this stuff sometimes plays well as comedy, as I noted earlier in the program. So if you uh, find that sort of thing uh, amusing, I remember uh, used to sit around every four years and watch the uh, Republican convention. I don't usually watch as much of the Democratic convention, maybe one or two of the speeches, but uh, I'll never forget the year that uh, Pat Robertson denounced uh, single and working mothers as witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, from the platform of the Republican National Convention. Yeah. I mean, uh, you just can't write comedy like that. And, of course, um, you know, it's sometimes you see an interesting sort of associated press item that uh, is, is fascinating but uh, indicative of the tough uh, economic times that we live in. It's reported this past week that the United States birth rate has fallen to its lowest level in at least a century. Wow. 
And uh, it's interesting that in 2007, uh, it was one of the ho- one of the higher years in recent uh, memory. But uh, it's very interesting how uh, birth control seems to be practiced fairly extensively across the United States.